Hey, Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News. Tuesday, February 16th, 2021. Stand up for your country. And that's a lead story. Standing up for your country. So I got a letter from a concierge member of BillOReilly.com, Peggy Stevens, Anaheim, California. And the letter says this. Bill, there is something you say that irritates me. That's certainly a universal theme sometimes. Stand up for your country. I don't know if you realize that we don't have much of a country anymore. Well, Peggy, uh, I respectfully disagree with you. I think the United States remains the greatest country on this planet. However, I do acknowledge that we are in a down cycle. So history goes in cycles. All right. I don't know how old you are, but um, if you remember the late 60s, early 70s, uh, the United States is in a really, really bad place. Vietnam War devastated the nation, divided it. Um, thousands of people actually left the country. Um, there wasn't much detente. Uh, then we had Watergate where uh, Richard Nixon, the president of the United States, actually committed crimes, tried to cover up stuff that his uh, minions did, uh, and then he had to quit. So, I mean, compared to today, that was worse. Now, the problem we have in America today is we have this advance of secular progressivism. And that was around back in the 60s and 70s, but it didn't take root. So right after uh, Nixon left, you had Ford versus Carter. Carter won, but the progressive stuff really got tamped down, all right? And it wasn't a factor. Now there's a surge of communists, socialists, a very, very far-left people who want to tear the country apart and rebuild it. And that's behind all of our problems. So Donald Trump got elected because Americans uh, in 2016 perceived a threat, perceived that their country was changing in a way they didn't like, and that the standard politicians, Jeb Bush, John Kasich, all the Republican uh, people who ran against Trump, they weren't going to halt this, all right? But Trump ran on, hey, I'm not a politician. I'm going to come in. I'm going to clean it all up. And so he won. All right. So the cycle basically then started to be neutral. So Donald Trump, President Trump had some victories and the economy was the biggest one. Uh, Foreign policy did pretty well. And then COVID hit and COVID beat him. And I've said that many, 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 many times. Donald Trump lost the election because of COVID. COVID just shook everybody up. A lot of voters were terrified. Voting patterns changed. States changed how they conducted the actual election, all because of COVID. Okay, so now we have a bitter, bitter populace. Uh, You have the hate Trump and the love Trump, and there's no compromise between the two. So that's what you're seeing. We don't have much of a country anymore. Trump is out. Biden's in. Um, and um, Congress is controlled by Democrats who are at the behest of the progressives. And so that's where we are. Not a good place, 
but their hold is tenuous, very, very, very weak. It's not a strong hold. And if Biden continues to do what he's doing, then there's a better than 50-50 chance Republicans will take both houses in less than two years. So anyway, uh, the cycle of history goes up and down, up and down. Doesn't mean the country's not worth standing up for. Peggy, you know that. I mean, this is a country that has given more people on the planet more opportunity than any other country in the history of civilization. All right. And if you don't stand up for your country, you let the people who want to destroy it win. As the Beastie Boys once sang, you got to fight for your right to party. You want to party in a traditional way that respects America, then you got to fight. You got to stand up. And that's our theme. Stand up for your country. It's not an evil place. Uh, It is a place that still provides the most opportunity for people and poor people, not just fat cats. I mean, that's just a myth. These people who want to destroy America, they all have their own agenda. It's not the same agenda. Antifa just wants to wipe everything out because that's the way they are. Communists want communism. Socialists want democratic socialism. It's on and on. It's on. They're not united. They just hate traditional America. They don't like religion. They don't like the family unit. They don't like the fact that white people have power. They don't like any of that. So they want to just blow it all up. Well, we have the numbers. Donald Trump, remember, got 74 million votes. 74 million. I mean, come on. You don't just slink away with 74 million. Unfortunately, uh, President Trump made big mistakes. After the vote came in, he did. If you're not going to acknowledge it, I don't know what to tell you. He made huge mistakes in policy, in the way he presented himself, in what he did and didn't do as far as the protests um, are concerned. But it wasn't by design. He didn't say, oh, I want to wreck the country. Donald Trump didn't do that. He just couldn't come to grips with how to fight an election that went south for him. There were ways to do it. We went over those ways. I'm not going to repeat it, Um, but it had to be done very methodically. You had to win two battles, federal court and the court of public opinion. Mr. Trump didn't win either. And I'm going to point to one more thing. There is an article um, in the Washington Post, which I don't respect that newspaper, but this article was very interesting. It's about a North Carolina man who donated $2 million to a group that was trying to assemble proof of a fraudulent election. Okay? And they didn't do it. And they didn't come close to doing it. And now the man in North Carolina has filed a lawsuit to get his money back. It's worth reading that Washington Post article to show you that a lot of the things that were being said about election fraud were not true. And that hurt the people who were trying to find out what the deuce happened because there was fraud. How much? I don't know. I mean, I wish I did. Okay, so I wanted to get that off my chest because, you know, we love our concierge members at BillOReilly.com and we take their uh, letters very seriously. And Peggy had the lead story from Anaheim, California. All right, Joe Biden's on TV tonight, Town Hall. Many of you won't watch. I will. 
I'll tweet during it. Um, I will lead with it tomorrow on the No Spin News because he's a president. Okay, I mean, he's, he's got power over us. And I want to cover the man fairly. If you read my message of the day on BillOReilly.com, I lay out the difficulty of me covering Mr. Biden. Much harder than me covering Donald Trump. So that's on the message today. All right, so the uh, town halls on CNN, Anderson Cooper, 9 p.m. tonight, um, Wisconsin, Milwaukee, um, and then CNN released this statement. I love this. Listen to this. Uh, President Biden is expected to answer questions about his administration's efforts to contain the coronavirus pandemic and jumpstart a troubled economy, said CNN. So Biden, his people know the areas of questioning already. I don't think they know the exact questions, because remember when Donna Brazil did that at, CBS, at CNN, he gave Hillary, she gave Hillary Clinton questions that were going to be asked. That was a huge scandal. I don't think AT&T and CNN can handle another one of those. But surely Biden knows the areas. Now, here's the four questions that I, your humble correspondent, would ask, okay, uh, if I were interviewing Joe Biden. Here we go. First one, Mr. President, isn't equity favoring one group of Americans over another? How is that a unifier? So you remember that President Biden made a big deal in his executive orders about equity. That is the federal government giving things to certain marginalized groups, as he put it, just giving things. And the things come from all of us. So how can you say that you're going to unify the country when you're putting certain groups up for special treatment at the taxpayer expense? It's a legitimate question. It's not nasty. I'd like to hear his explanation for that. Question number two, Texas, California and other states are having rolling blackouts because of wind and solar energy failures. Also, gas prices rising quickly, hurting the American worker. How do you explain both of those things and why do you continue to attack the fossil fuel industry? All right. Again, fact based. Uh, Texas, uh, freezing cold, record-breaking cold, and uh, up to 4 million people in the area, that includes Oklahoma, Louisiana, a few other places, have lost power. Why? The wind turbines froze in some cases. Solar is no good in that kind of weather. And the fossil fuels have been cut back to the extent that they don't have the power. Same thing in the heat wave in California last summer. There was no power. And then there's Joe Biden wanting to knock out even more of the fossil fuel industry. Now, you could replace it with nuclear, but that's my follow-up question. What about nuclear energy? You put in all of these uh, solar and, and wind and all of this at the top of the chart, but they can't do the job. So that's another legitimate question. Um, third question. Uh, you have promised almost $4 trillion in new spending on climate change and COVID relief, Mr. President. Are you worried about the exploding debt now approaching $30 trillion? And then I would follow up with what, what do you think a $30 trillion debt could do to the economy? <laughs> I'd be shocked if you could answer the question, but it's coming. See, that's not an issue now 
that people are jazzed about because you can't see it. You can't see it, $30 trillion debt. But once it starts to erode the U.S. dollar, then you're going to be able to see it because the economy is going to be affected. And finally, the last question for Joe Biden, Mr. President, as a practicing Catholic, you are actively promoting abortion, not just in the USA, but worldwide using American taxpayer dollars. Would it be correct for Catholics to criticize you? So this is, I mean, if you talk about a personal philosophy based on theology, Joe Biden goes to church every Sunday. I respect that. He goes to mass. But he is absolutely contradicting one of the great moral imperatives of the Catholic Church. Because the life issue is paramount in the whole theology for Roman Catholics. It's all about life and improving life and, and saving life. That Biden's on the outside of that. And not only that, but he's forcing me and every other person who doesn't believe in abortion to pay for it. Okay, so those are my four questions, right? Do you think Anderson Cooper will come close to asking any of that? Because if he did ask it, he'd be ostracized at CNN. It's not that Cooper's a stupid man. He's not. But he's getting a big paycheck. And he's not going to go against the CNN orthodoxy, which is to make Joe Biden look good. That's what they're in business to do. And make Republicans and Donald Trump and everybody else look bad. That's, that's their whole operation. There's nothing else to it. Somebody tell James Earl Jones. Okay? It's not a news organization. They're in business to promote one side and denigrate the other side. And that's the truth. All right, Gallup poll, uh, 906 adults. Uh, do we need a third political party? Um, 62% say yes. Um, and the rest say 33% say no. All right, that's 95 and 5% don't know because they probably don't know that what a political party is. Same question was asked September 13th, 2020, just last fall. Third party needed 57%, so it's up five that a third party is needed. The poll Quinnipiac, which has never gotten anything right, sorry to say that, it's a good college, but they can't poll. Uh, the question is, would you like to see Donald Trump play a prominent role in a Republican party? Republicans polled 75% yes, 21% no. Democrats polled 96% no, 3% yes. Okay. So Donald Trump remains a force in the Republican Party with 75% um, still supporting him. Let's bring in a very interesting woman, Amanda Mackey, coming to us from Tampa, Florida. She is a Republican strategist and attorney. Um, as an infant, Ms. Mackey and her family escaped Iran after the Mullahs took over from the Shah, came over here in 1979 with no resources, and uh, she has built herself up to a very successful position in life. She is a graduate of the University of Maryland and has a law degree from Catholic University in D.C. Okay, so um, Donald Trump himself, do you expect him to try to run um, in 2003? Because that's when he would have to start. Do you expect that, Amanda? You know, I don't think so. I think he would rather be a kingmaker, quite frankly. Uh, I think he wants to play in primaries. I think he wants to uh, take on 
a little bit of revenge on the people who he does not believe were loyal to him, uh, not loyal uh, Trumpers. And I think he's going to be more involved in the in the party machinations than he is running another campaign uh, at uh, at his tender age in uh, you know three years from now, two years from now. All right. So uh, what would we be 78, 79 in that campaign? Um, I said the only way I think he has a chance. I mean, he may run. I mean, nobody knows what he's going to do. But as a chance if the economy falters. So say the Biden economy does collapse or is hurting most Americans, then I could see Donald Trump taking a run at the presidency. He could. I mean, there's there's a wide field right now. You know, obviously people are talking about Vice President Pence, uh, Ted Cruz, Ron DeSantis being here in Florida. Uh, there, there are quite a few other names, too. But look, President Trump has a stranglehold on this party. I still believe he is the de facto leader of the Republican Party. Um, yes, Quinnipiac may not be good in polling, but consistently you've seen polls that show anywhere from 60 to 80 percent that Republicans want President Trump to still have a role in the GOP. And I, don't I think, think there's that's any question that he, he maintains the loyalty of most Republicans. I think that's absolutely true. Um, in the uh, looking at the field, I think that uh, Nikki Haley, former governor of South Carolina, and Christy Noem, the governor of South Dakota, both will run. And the Republican Party might be wise to change it up and put a, a woman on the ticket. What do you say about that? Well, I would love to see a woman on the ticket. Look what we did down ballot with women candidates in the Republican Party this year, We or in 2020. We actually crushed the Democrats on the stranglehold that they have on identity politics. They only got nine non-incumbent women elected. We got 18. We doubled it. No one talks about that in the media. It is such a huge success for, you know, our party and for, you know, women like Elise Stefanik, who really took a chance on getting more women elected in the Republican Party. So I would love to see uh, one of those two women run. But look, I would say, you know, with Nikki Haley, she's definitely moved around on the Trump issue, which I think could be problematic. You know, she was with Trump. She was, you know, U.N. ambassador. But then, you know, she changed. OK, it absolutely could be. Um, uh, Christy Nolan would be better positioned on the Trump issue. Um, Donald Trump himself, I have been uh, fair in my coverage of him, but because I was fair, that teed off some people who are very devoted to the former president. I think he made mistakes uh, in his presentation after the election, and that led up to the January 6th debacle. Do you disagree with that? I believe that talking about election fraud and continuing to talk about election fraud, look, we saw what happened in Georgia. 500,000 Republicans stayed home because, for various reasons, but many who did not believe their vote would count. And that cost us the United States Senate. Um, you know, look, let's win outside the margin of fraud because fraud's going to happen. And the Democrats are better at it than Republicans are. So let's keep that in mind, but let's not continue to talk about it because if we do, people will stay home. Republicans staying home is the worst thing we can do to ourselves. It's like shooting ourselves in the foot. Now, I don't think this issue is going away. I, I just don't, man, Amanda. I think people are so well, angry. Well, that's where 
that's where Republicans, if they can get to the populist base and say, look, get us elected and we're going to work on election fraud issues. We're going to make sure, you know, mail-in balloting stops. We're going to yeah, make sure that- it doesn't happen again. That's a very good point. So if they would run on, look, we acknowledge that that election was not held the way it should have been. Uh, and if you put us into the House and the Senate, uh, we'll have some reform in the election. That's, that's a very good point. Amanda, really uh, appreciate talking to you. Thank you very much. You're a true American success story. Coming over from Iran, um, having to flee. Your family had to flee for, I don't know, their lives, but you know what it was over there. It was terrible. Yeah, their lives. Come to, come to a brand new country. You succeed on a grand scale. And this is what I'm talking about when I say stand up for America. Thank you, Amanda. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, you know who Susie Levine is? I bet you don't, because I didn't. So here's a really interesting story. Um, Joe Biden is, there's Susie, that's Susie Levine, okay? She uh, is the Washington State Employment Security Department Commissioner. All right, put her, put her picture up there again, okay? Now this proves that Joe Biden is a swamp creature, this story. So as uh, she was doing her job as the employment Security Department Commission in Washington State, people stole, back to me, people stole $650 million from the state of Washington in fraudulent unemployment COVID claims. $650 million on her watch. Doesn't sound good, does it? So an audit said that her department Ms. Levine's department um, screwed up royally, all right? So uh, things were paid out without being verified. Pandemic-related claimants were not required to submit documentation to get the money. And they, uh, they eliminated a waiting week so that they could have checks on people. And people stole $650 million to the state of Washington. Enter Joe Biden, who now has appointed... Ms. Levine, Interim Assistant Secretary of Employment for his administration. So she gets a promotion. Okay, so wonder why he did that. Why did he do that? Well, might it be that Ms. Levine and her husband donated $400,000 to the Biden effort? Swamp creature. All right. Andrew Cuomo. So you all know the story went over yesterday. Uh, his administration ordered COVID senior citizens back into nursing homes. He signed the order. A lot of senior citizens died in those nursing homes. And then his administration covered that up. All right. Those are the facts. Here's what Cuomo said yesterday. Go. COVID did not get into the nursing homes by people coming from hospitals. COVID got into the nursing homes by staff walking into the nursing home when we didn't even know we had COVID. How do you know? Where's the backup for that? <laughs> That's so absurd, I can't even believe it. Anyway, Cuomo's in serious trouble now. His own party's turning on him. So you think this might be a big story, all right? Second most powerful governor in the country next to Newsom, who's even in bigger trouble in California. No, his brother Chris Cuomo on CNN 
didn't mention the story last night. Don Lemon didn't mention the story. Rachel Maddow, Chris Hayes, Lawrence O'Donnell on MSNBC didn't mention the story. Total blackout. NBC Nightly News, that's Lester Holt. One minute and 37 seconds on the story. Way to go, Lester. Um, But ABC News, uh, David Muir, 33 seconds. And CBS Evening News, Nora O'Donnell topped even that with 25 seconds. Well, there you go. There's your honest news uh, industry in the USA. So the betting odds that uh, Governor Newsom, California, will get booted out because his name is going to be on the recall effort this summer is now two to one, uh, according to an online gambling site called Betfair. So it's two to one. He gets recalled, booted. There is a guy, former San Diego Mayor Mayor Kevin Falconer, who says he's going to run against him. And John Cox, a Republican who lost to Newsom in 2018, says he's going to get back in as well. What happens is there are questions on a ballot. Do you want to boot Newsom? Yes or no? If yes, who do you want to take his place? There's a list of people who get enough petitions to get on that ballot, and Californians do it all at once. That'll happen this summer. All right. Uh, Newsom, by the way, was elected in 2019. He serves 2023. Cuomo, we don't have recall here in New York. Uh, he's up in 2022. So Cuomo will have to make it unless he quits because he can't get him out of there. If there were a recall mechanism in New York, I, Cuomo would be in, in trouble like Newsom. All right, cancel culture. Um, this is another very fascinating story. So in high schools now, uh, we, we, we've been reporting mainly on the madness in colleges, college campuses. So it's now down a high school level. There's a school named High Technology High School, High Technology High School in Lincroft, New Jersey, small town. All right. Public high school. This is according to Washington Times. So an English teacher at the school, Sarah Mulhern Gross, has organized a let's get Shakespeare out of the curriculum. The bard, William Shakespeare, who I quote in my column this week called Toil and Trouble. Anyway, Ms. Gross is also a member of the New York Times Learning Network. Oh, that's got to be the best, right? Okay, so why, why is William Shakespeare under attack to get him out? All right, they don't want anybody studying him, anybody knowing who he is. According to not only Miss Gross, but a whole bunch of other teachers who have banded together, all right, um, the teacher stated that they are refusing to teach Shakespeare, accusing his classic works of promoting misogyny, racism, homophobia, classism, and anti-Semitism. I mean, so this is, as I said at the top of the broadcast, this is the progressive vision. We destroy the total traditional education system. Yesterday, it was Latin and Greek. Got to get them out of the curriculum at the University of Iowa. We're still waiting for the University of Iowa to explain what that's all about. Okay, you can't teach the languages of Latin and Greek, the classical languages. No, 
Can't do it. Somehow they're racist or something. Now Shakespeare in this high school. So you can imagine if this catches on, and it might, who's fighting against it? Who's, you know, are the people in Lincroft, New Jersey, rising up and saying, wait a minute, you're co-opting our public school and making it into a progressive lunatic asylum. We don't want that for our children because that's what's happening. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. Okay, this day in history, February 16th, 1923. I bet you don't know what happened. Uh, This is fascinating. So 98 years ago today, the tomb of King Tut was discovered. Now, this has implications for us here in America. So stay with me. There's a tomb. King Tut. Who is King Tut? Well, he ruled Egypt as a pharaoh for 10 years around 1334 B.C., B.C. means before Christ. A.D. means Anno Domini, after Jesus, okay? But now we're to knock that out. There are people who, New York Times, won't do that anymore, but I will. Okay, so King Tut, the boy pharaoh, ruled for 10 years. He started when he was nine. So he's ruling Egypt when he's nine, and he dies at age 19. And they put him in a tomb and they bury him under the ground. You've seen the mummy movies. Now, Tut's real name was Tut and Common. Tut and Common. Okay? That was his real name. And he uh, was buried in Thebes, Egypt. I have been there. All right? I didn't see his tomb, but I circled around. All right? And by the way, Egypt, dangerous. But boy, what an interesting trip that is. Fascinating trip. Anyway. So he's, uh, they discover a guy named Howard Carter, Brit, arrives in Egypt in 1891 and searches for five years. And finally, on this day, he finds the entrance to the tomb buried under sand in Thebes. Okay? And they go down, and there is the sarcophagus with three coffins. One of them, King Tut, who is mummified. All right, so he's got all this stuff wrapped around him. But here's the rub. $900 million worth of gold and jewels and everything else is in the tomb. $900 million bucks. King Tut. So that is in the museum in Cairo and in the British Museum. Okay, so they, it took them forever to get all this stuff out of the tomb. It's not like they just went down with a big... Uh, U-Haul and piled it in. <laughs> the tomb contained four rooms. It was untouched for more than 3,000 years. And they found all this February 16th, 1923. Now, you may remember comedian Steve Martin seized upon King Tut to sell more than a million records. Roll it. Now, when he was a young man, he never thought he'd see people stand in line the boy king King how'd you get so funky did you do the funky now if i 
That's undeniably funny, but not to the students at Reed College in Portland, Oregon. <laughs> this is absolutely true. I, this is how insane the United States of America has become. So the students at Reed College demand that Steve Martin's video be taken off YouTube, reruns of Saturday Night Live, and every other video source in the world. Why? Because Martin practiced cultural appropriation. <laughs> now, it didn't happen. The Reed College students failed, but they tried. Got a good mail segment and a uh, final thought directed at people who are still angry about the presidential election last November after this. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings, against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. All right, let's uh, get to the mail here. Susan Hutchinson, San Dimas, California. O'Reilly, I totally disagree with you saying Senator Cassidy did nothing wrong and voted his conscience. He wasn't sent to Washington to vote his conscience. He was sent there to vote the way the people who elected him wanted him to vote. The people of Louisiana voted for Trump in 2020, and I seriously doubt they wanted Senator Cassidy to vote to impeach him. Okay, interesting letter, right? Susan, when the founding fathers invented the Senate, the House, the presidency, the three branches of government to run this country. The mandate was that people would elect representatives who, as you said, would be looking at what was good for them. But they didn't, the founding fathers, want polling and people running around saying, what do you think, what do you think, what do you think? They told everyone to vote his conscience. There were no hers back then. Vote your conscience, and if the people don't like it, they'll vote you out. They'll vote you out. Okay? So that's why you don't have polling before votes. You don't have that. The people in Louisiana elected the senator. Now, 
he's probably going to lose next time he runs. He probably will. I hope Murkowski loses in Alaska because I don't think she's looking out for the people in Alaska. All right. Romney's not going to lose in, in Utah. It's not going to happen. He's too powerful. Okay. But there is no mandate to sample opinion in your district or your state before you cast a vote. You're supposed to be doing it by conscience. Just like John Adams, remember the second president, represented the British soldiers who shot people in the Boston Massacre because they needed representation? I mean, that teed off a lot of people. Okay, good letter though. Uh, Dr. Jeffrey Bentley, uh, Marco Island, Florida. Wish I were there now, doctor. You mentioned Mike Lindell and his efforts to uncover fraud in the election. I've watched his entire presentation and he has some compelling evidence with his revelations of foreign IP addresses and change votes from Trump to Biden. I'm a firm believer that there was unscrupulous activity in the election. You say the federal government should be the one to investigate. We both know that will not happen. What should Mike do with his information? If I were Mike Lindell, I would take my information and give it to the Attorney General of Texas. So Texas is invested in getting the story out about the election. Okay? So Lindell should take what he has physically and give it to the AG and petition him to investigate. That's what I would do. Now, if you or anybody else, doctor, sees a crime, you can put the video on the internet if you want. You can run around your neighborhood telling everybody, but nothing will happen until the so-called proper authorities get involved. And yes, federal government's not going to look into this, not under Biden. But say to Texas, Mike, no, that's what I would do if I were Mike Lindell. John Jennon, New Orleans, Louisiana. I'm watching businesses here in New Orleans get killed by the tyrant mayor and cowardly city council. It's unbelievably sad. What is the answer? Okay. Uh, the Mardi Gras celebration called off. It's Fat Tuesday today, Ash Wednesday tomorrow. I understand. But you know, John, that last year's Mardi Gras infected thousands of people with COVID. They're scared. They don't want it to happen again. So I, I, maybe there would have been a middle ground on this, but it's brutal. Jim Carrico, Orlando, Florida. I think the Independent Party has a great opportunity now to replace the Republican Party. What do you say? No. You got, it takes a long time to build up a party. It just doesn't happen. And billions of dollars are needed. Um, Tom, concierge member means time is direct access to me. I hope all you will consider becoming a concierge member. It's the greatest deal in the world, by the way. Just check it out on BillOReilly.com. So Tom says, Bill, you talk about potential collapse of the corporate media because they will not have President Trump to kick around. Even though I wish that were the case, I find it hard to believe. It's already happening. It's already happening. I mean, I'm sure you read, read some articles about the ratings and how fast they're falling for various organizations and circulation newspapers. What do you see six months from now where we are? It's already happening. Travis Burley, Lewiston, Maine. I completely agree with you, Bill. Our students need to be back in school. The lack of structure is affecting all of them, 
academically, socially, and emotionally to help students maintain their learning. I recently began an online tutoring business called Slide Into Learning. Slide Into Learning can be found on Facebook. Way to go, Travis. You're a patriot. Um, the kids are going to get back. All right. I think we've turned a corner, but secular progressive cities like New York, Chicago, Philadelphia, Los Angeles, San Francisco, they're probably not going to do it till the very end. Stephen, Mr. O, it's sad that it took Harry and David CEO, Mr. Lightman, to get personally involved with your complaint. To his credit, he rectified the mistake. Look, the only reason I did that Harry and David story is to warn you about buying stuff on the net and then show you how to handle things when it goes south. Again, we've rectified the situation with Harry and David, and I'm using them again. Dolores, Bill, I was one of the people who notified Harry and David that you were not happy. I appreciate that, Dolores. Power to the people. The people can do a lot, a lot in this country. David Curry, Lakewood, Colorado. Just to thank you, O'Reilly, for the excellent job you did last week deciphering that awful mess in Washington. You're welcome, David. I appreciate it very much. All right, if you buy Killing the Mob out May 4th, and you're going to love it, you get 50% off Killing Crazy Horse in the BillOReilly.com store. Word of the day, do not be vericund when writing to us. Final thought in a moment. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. All right, the final thought is basically a bookend to what we opened with tonight. If you are angry and distressed and depressed over the presidential election, we understand. But now we got to move forward here. All right. We've got to regain the country. We've got to stick up, stand up for traditional values in America. This is our mandate. We, the people, have to save the country from the progressive forces that would destroy it. You see it. Every progressive-run city is falling apart. They couldn't even get heat in Texas yesterday and today because of this insane alternative energy is God philosophy that President Biden embraces. We have to fight. Don't get depressed. Get annoyed. Spread the word about this broadcast right here. We will become the power central of the traditional movement. See you tomorrow.